Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tree Service Marketing Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Wesley Smith with Tree Service Digital, Tree Service Marketing Secrets Facebook group, and the Tree Service Marketing Profits Podcast. We've got Brad Norman, the owner of Westwood Tree Service in Ontario, Canada, on with us today. He's going to share his business journey. And uh, thanks so much for being on today, Brad. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is uh, this is the first for me and hopefully many more to come. So happy to chat it out. Awesome, man. It'll be easy going. We'll just talk about your business, kind of how you got started in the tree service space. So I guess we'll start right there, man. Like what got you interested or how did you get started in the whole tree service business to begin with? Uh, so might as well bring it right back. Uh, 16 year olds had to make a buck, started cutting firewood. Um, from there, always uh, looking up at the Hydro Boys cutting trees, thinking that's cool shit. Um can I swear in this? Because I swear. Yeah, that's fine, man. Feel free to good. talk amongst. Yeah, we just keep on rolling. Okay. That's fine. So anywho, uh, the time went on. Uh, I found myself out in British Columbia, Canada, building log homes for the Timber Kings, Pioneer guys. Um, then I found myself interior logging operations, uh, coastal logging. And uh, family issues brought me back to Ontario, uh, where I started working for, I was working for a local tree service company here. And driving their log truck around, picking up wood. Um, no real interest in tree service work at that point, other than just making a paycheck. Uh, but I have a passion for sawmilling and lumber. Um, so aside from working five days a week there, I would hop on my sawmill and make a couple extra hundred bucks on Saturday, Sunday. Um, that really took off for me. So I started this whole thing as a sawmill and lumber business, selling kiln-dried lumber. Uh, and my boss at the tree service at the time come to me and said, hey, can I have a job? And I said, well, I can't afford to hire you, dude. He's like, well, we'll work something out. So all of a sudden I got a, a certified arborist on my, me and him working a sawmill. And uh, so I, you know, it was working out well. I bought another, my own little log truck to harvest our logs for the sawmill. And he said to me, well, why don't we do our own tree work? I said, well, I, I don't have interest in it. It's high liability and expensive. He's like, well, we'll just do the work that uh, gets us good wood for the mill. Sounds good. So I said, you run that. I'll run this. And uh, we'll see what happens. So just like seems to be when any other tree service pops up, it just snowballs and jumps if you really have a passion, what I think, for the wood industry. And from there, that was in 2018. Uh, so 2019 range, we started buying some used equipment, bucket trucks, chippers, saws, buying it on marketplace and stuff like that. Um, we were getting so busy that me and him couldn't be doing trees and sawmilling. So I started hiring him staff to run with him and I got back on the saw, which then took me away cause I had to go do all the estimating for his work. Um, so 2020, we landed our first brand new purchase of a uh, basically a Freightliner Alltech 75 foot elevator truck. Uh, we picked up a 15 inch Vermeer uh, diesel chipper, mini skid, like we went all in on this. And um, from that point, we, we just kept reinvesting and putting the money back in. And now we have a real good crew of uh, on the tree service side, they are Peak season, six to seven guys, slow season, three to four. So we're a crew, crew and a half. Um, and that's how we kind of got into Westwood Tree Service. 
That's great, man. So it's sort of a side hustle to start. And then sometimes you quickly realize the side hustle is probably should be the main hustle. You know, after you get going with it, you're like, man, this is taking off and people are referring us. We're getting, we're getting referrals. We're getting business. Cause you're kind of doing the logging and the sawmill work. So you're re working really closely with trees and it probably just yeah. sparked in that as far as like maybe first you're resistant to maybe the tree service business because like you said liability the equipment all that stuff but then it, you probably start thinking you're like wow well when we do this tree service work we make pretty good money right so maybe we uh maybe it's uh closer. it's a good it's good fast money in the tree service high liability high overhead um but the word of mouth and the amount of clients out there based on word of mouth alone and then you start dabbling into the marketing streams at it really blows things up and it is the main breadwinner uh, for our, our group of companies, which we have three companies now operating under an umbrella. Uh, it's the main breadwinner that helps assist grow the other two companies now. So I have no complaints. I'm really happy with the way things are going right now. That's great. So the sawmill thing, is that where you guys are like cutting up parts of the, the trees for like wood and like tables and benches and stuff like that? Yeah. So I took it to the next level in all the senses where we're not a tree service that just cuts and checks or slams it down and, and that's it and goes to a landfill. We probably use 98% of every single tree that we take down. It's wow. categorized, inventoried, um, tracked through the tree removal, the sawmill, the kiln drying, the wood shop, and out as a, a finished furniture piece. So I'm not putting green hardwood lumber in your house as a table that with chainsaw marks on it. It's a finished product, family heirloom type of stuff. Oh, cool. We've got a couple of clients now that you mentioned that that are doing that as well. Like, cause you, you know, essentially you're getting the inventory, not for free. You're getting paid to get the inventory, your trees and the logs and everything else. But then it's a whole separate business where people actually want this type of stuff. Like you said, like for heirlooms or at your house or outside the yard, stuff like that. And so a couple of clients, we've created even new websites just for the sawmill stuff. Yeah, and yeah. they can showcase some of their products on there that maybe they're doing pretty routinely, and then other stuff is like custom type stuff. But that's really cool that you're doing that, and I think that um, one can kind of lead to the other as far as that goes. Because then again, if, if somebody just wants to do a sawmill itself, then you got to go source the lumber, source the trees. Well, if you're already doing the tree service work, it's pretty smart to kind of marry the two. So my, my plan was to never do trees. That's why I bought the little log truck to go. I, I approached every tree service in the local region, said, "Hey." Just leave your logs on the ground. I don't really care what lengths you have them in. Don't specialize in salvage. Just put them on the ground. I'll clean it up. So I did their first few pickups for free. And then they wanted to start charging me for their garbage laying on the on the ground. I said that you're making your money here, boys. Let me make my money on the sawmill and I don't have to start a tree service. And I'll do your cleanup. You go and do more tree work. That's your, what you're good at. Well, that didn't come to fruition. So I said, ah. We'll just go cut our own trees down. So, so it started taking off. That's the late teens there, and then in 2020, you guys started really getting serious about equipment, really kind of ramping. 2020, up. we uh, we kind of flogged all of our used equipment and jumped into the uh, the big boy game of brand new equipment of everything from ropes and beaners and saws to 
Like we have a 75 foot spider lift, a blue lift that goes along with our 75 foot uh, bucket truck. So coming we, right out of COVID, you know, where it was like completely shut down. Well, here in the States anyway, it was completely shut down. And then all of a sudden everybody was swamped with demand right after yeah. the, you guys. Yes. So it's funny. We went from me and my old boss, I guess you would say, um, went from two of us to in the peak of COVID, we had 15 on staff. Like, not what I expected whatsoever. Almost overnight, right? Like it's just yes. yeah, a year probably. Yeah, everybody was just swamped because there's all this pent up demand and everybody's sitting at home and uh, they got government stimulus checks to go ahead and spend on these home improvements. Yes, sir. That's awesome. Okay, cool. So it started really ramping up during that period. And um, what did you guys do? Like, so take us through a little bit because I know that in Canada it can be a little bit more seasonal than other parts of the, you know, the United States or other areas because it gets colder there. Take, talk a little bit about, so you start, you said like the peak season, you're like eight, maybe six or eight staff. And then you go down to like maybe two or three during the slow season. In the slow season, are you guys still doing like some maybe tree trimming and tree removal? So, like yeah, in our slow seasons here, um, we we kind of dabble in a bit of land clearing and select logging as well. Um, you know, maybe a week, a month, we go and hammer that out for some farmers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But as the business has grown over since say 2019 to 2023, there's, there's still a good steady three to four full days worth of work every week in the winter. Um, we've kind of set ourselves a really high standard with our, our cleanups and our customer service um, and just a professional white glove service, more or less you as a client kick back, pour yourself your favorite drink and enjoy the show. Like, it's a performance. Uh, we all wear communication systems, so we're not, you know, just yelling and screaming over saws. So it's right. It's nice to watch. It's professional. I have a background of um, uh, law enforcement and firefighting, and so do my two right hand man guys. Right now, they're from the background of that too. So, like I said, it's more of a, it's clean and tight and professional. That's awesome. That goes a long way too, just for customer experience and then referrals and marketing that will allow your company to go further faster because everybody's going to talk about the experience they have with you guys. You guys have white glove service. You leave the yard cleaner than it was before you showed up and then you yeah, do professional yeah. safe work. That just goes a long way in people's in mind because you know, when you start thinking about it, like some of these trees are massive that people are taking down and they can be right next to your house. So if you yep. guys are doing that kind of professional work, safe work, you take a lot of pride in that, that's a marketing tactic in itself because that's going to help you get more and more referrals, the safer, cleaner, and just better overall work that you do. Is that kind of what you see? That's You're, you're, you're bang on with those points there. Um, I, I think a lot of our clientele uh, that we've captured in breaking into the market here really appreciate the uh the second life or second chance of that wood as well whether or not they turn it something into their house uh, they have the peace of mind knowing shit like this isn't going to go to a landfill and just sit there and rot or get yeah we do do firewood um but most times anything over 16 18 inch diameter logs we are purposely slowing down to salvage that log for our sawmill um and so it'll get used at some point in its life that's really cool. So talk about that. Do homeowners, now that you bring that up, it just sparked some, a question in my head. Like, so if I wanted to go take down four trees in my yard, big trees, 
you're like, well, heck, man, these were pretty cool trees. I just either need them now for safety reasons or I want a line of sight or something. So you take them down. Do they sometimes then, like, they're, they're a part of the journey with you as far as going back to your shop or your yard and then you turning it into something for them at the sawmill? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, whether, uh, for example, yesterday is a, a good idea. But we had a 110-ton crane on site to remove uh, five mature sugar maple trees in the backyard of this house. Terrible setup. Like terrible situation, great setup. And uh, we salvaged, because of the size of the crane, we could salvage good logs. Um, and those logs are now categorized and back. The clients don't want anything to do with them. Like, thank you for the service. So now we can track that all the way through to a finished product and a marketable product in a kiln-dried lumber sense. Um, some clients want the trees from themselves sawmilled and dried and they can take it to whatever extent they want. And we have those clients that say, Hey, we know that wood's worth some money. Give us a discount off the, the bill. Well, unfortunately <laughs> you're going to hire another tree service anyways to take that down. So why, why can't it be us? We're going to do it properly anyways. So it's kind of a, it's a balancing act there. And now if you come at us with a big black walnut tree, there's some deals to be made 100%. I see. Yeah, you know, we because we do a lot of lead generation for our tree service clients, and you'll hear that sometimes with some of the call recordings, right? Hey, uh, would you guys come and take these trees down for free? Because I know you guys can probably do something with the lumber. Could you just cut it down for the lumber? And people are like, nah, nah, not so much. We're not going to come out there and do all that risk for nothing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. To your point, we hear that a lot, and people sometimes mistakenly think that that's going to be the case, right? With yeah, it's, uh, it's, I understand it from both aspects, but I also, sure. you know, you as a client, you're helping support your local community by hiring a, a company, come in and take it down safely, who's insured and certified. And it's, it's another service provider, basically. Yeah. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about kind of how you guys ramped up. So you got the equipment and people were referring you guys, your business was growing steadily. What are some of the things that you guys were putting into place early on to just get the word out or to get people to find you guys? Was there you guys doing a lot of signs out there, lettering the trucks, putting out flyers. What what all kind of stuff? Were yeah. You guys so our first, uh, I mean, you always see a, a, a commercial truck or a, a working truck. It's got its logos on it. It's got maybe four or five bullet points, quick and easy to read for when you drive by it, and a phone number, of course. That's huge. Name, bullet points, away you go. So trucks are always lettered, no matter what. Um, word of mouth is huge because me and the the few type group guys here were born and raised in the area and we have a big network of ourselves so we just started word of mouth options that way uh when we had slow days the guys hated it but it really is a good option is those little two by four two by three signs up on the hydro poles um pamphlets in in mailboxes like it's boots on the ground you gotta get your ladder out and your truck and your screwed gun and go hammer those hydro poles and pamphlets in the mailboxes from there, we, we got into uh, mail drops uh, through our local Canada Post. Um, we got into the local magazines and, and little newspapers. Are they the greatest option for those? Not around here for us. Um, but anytime you can put your brand on something that goes in front of someone, it's better than not. Yeah, that's an impression. Right. And the more impressions that your business name, address, phone number, logo, phone, all that stuff has in the local community, 
the more people are going to think about you. And sometimes I think there's a lot of statistics in sales and marketing. It's like somebody needs to see something 10 or 12 times before they're going to make the call or commit yep. to getting the job done or research you guys over and over again. So the more of those impressions you have, the better. I used to call those, I was a real estate investor world for quite some time. And uh, they used to call those little signs up on the telephone poles and you stick them down on the ground. They call those bandit signs, you know, because it's almost <laughs> like people are going to be chasing you around for those signs and trying to track the phone number down. But they work. I mean, they're out there. If you put those in the um, busy intersections and even, you know, just putting them in the yards that you're doing the jobs for, how many dozens of neighbors are going to drive by that every day? So assume you're a good tree company and then you're going to yeah. get the Right, because you're in the same. I, uh, I I worked uh, for the city of Kingston for a few years and enforced some city bylaws. So that's one thing you have with your, your municipalities is they get pretty stringy on the signage stuff. Yeah. Um, so me knowing what we know around here, we kept our signage to countryside work, cottage areas. It was good if you can get your sign, like get your client in the residential city areas to put on their yard. That's that's their prerogative, and they can do that. So that's great pointers. Um, a few guys have had their hands slapped putting them on city hydro poles right downtown kind of thing. But um, our other our other great avenues that we have are obviously Facebook ads and Google ads. Those I was just talking to Josh, who's our tree service manager before the start of this interview. And I said, what are our best buddy? What are you hearing? He's like, Google ads, Facebook ads. It, Instagram's a, a great thing, but we don't generate actual calls from there. Um, I don't know. The states might be different. I'm not sure. Well, that's good. I mean, the social media side of it is a lot of that's branding and impression share, just getting people to see it over and over and over again. Um, and with uh, Google, are you guys on the Google local service ad platform, the Google guaranteed ads? Or is uh, I know. So our accounts, our accounts uh, manager basically takes care of our marketing as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll be completely honest with you we have our budgets and she can direct and feed where it needs to go. So I know we're, we're on platforms of Google marketplace. Uh, those are big ones or not marketplace, sorry, Facebook ads. So I, I'm not a techie guy, so I'm not quite sure how all those things smash hey man, together. The phone's ringing. You're good to go. Yeah. I'm hey, happy with that. And that's the thing with Google. So there's a couple different ad platforms there. There's the Google guaranteed ads at the very top to show the green check badge. If you go through a verification process, and then there's the Google ads, but both of them work, you know, and those are highly motivated people looking to get the tree service work done when they do a search, because it kind of equates back to 20, 30 years ago. Everybody used to use the yellow pages, right? And the yellow right. pages, you just thumb over to the tree service section, a couple of ads, you call a couple, boom, you're good to go. You get two or three estimates, make sure everybody's competitive, and then boom, you move forward with one. Well, today they do the same thing on Google. They don't really need that book anymore. So yeah. it's imperative that you're online. You're visible. You can be found when people need you because one call can be five, ten thousand dollars easy, right? Absolutely. So yeah. Want to be there, so that's good that you're doing that. And with Facebook, are you guys kind of just posting on there, like you know, trees and work and crews and little videos? So we run that two ways. We have our six dedicated Facebook ads that we pay to run. That we flip flop those, like we switch it out and run a certain picture and a certain blurb, uh, you know, for four to six weeks until it looks. Like you've seen it, it too much. It's kind of stale. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, so then we'll, we'll flip it out and change everything out. It looks fresh and clean again. And then uh, because of, like, as I started as a one-man crew, uh, I was huge on Marketplace and from a sawmill perspective. And I was traveling Eastern Ontario with my sawmill, just sawing for people. So 
I tried that with the tree service side of things, you know, tree cutting and pruning services. Um, and in the beginning, it really, it really jumped us up some work. It doesn't seem to traction as good now, I find. Um, and again, I don't know why, but it's, it's, it's good, but we might only get maybe one lead from the marketplace itself a month. It's, we also found too, with Facebook ads, it's been good for job hiring ads too, because a lot of people that are your audience of people that would potentially work for your tree service company would be on Facebook a lot. So running those job hiring ads are good on the platform too. Because almost everybody uses it at least a few times a week, if not a few times a day, right? Or a few times yeah. an hour in some cases. Um, so it does work for things like that, which is good. So that's, that's awesome. So you kind of told us about your marketing stack there. So it's kind of like your, your every door direct mail type service equivalent in Canada. So the postal mailing services. And were you guys sending out just like flyers or were you doing postcards or how were you guys sending this? Uh, so we, we had a few different sizes of design. Some would get stuck in like the, the weekly flyer drop into their mailboxes. Mm -hmm. um, some would get, uh, we could, we could pick areas of the city uh, and the different demographics and we could see, you know, the average household income is this there. So we would focus right. over on that side and it would cost us a bit more to put those drops into there and our Canada post prints it up, puts it in their flyer package. And we might hit 15 to 2000 homes, 1500, 2000 homes. And the, the postman gets to put it up for us. Like that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It's way easier than you doing it yourself. Right. So oh my, like you, you got to have some, some working capital to do that, which, we can now but in the beginning we were boots on the ground hey boys let's let's take this neighborhood and we'll hammer this out in 20 minutes and we'll go to the next so on a rain day which no one wants to do that in the rain we'll go do that in the rain yeah there's there's things to do i think as you're starting up to grill a marketing tactics you either got money or you got time and if you got a lot of time you may as well do all the stuff that don't cost a lot of money you can go put out flyers you put out signs you can bang on doors do those types of things we hang out at shopping malls put out some flyers there and then if you've got the money, then you can pay somebody else to do it. And it's not all that much once you consider the return on it. You know what I mean? But if you, you if price. you break it down price per unit or price per house, uh, it's it's absolutely worth it. And another thing we're I don't want to break into it, but we're getting into it heavily and people are starting to ask because of our growth and our business model is is swag, uh, swag, T-shirts, hats, sweaters, toques, whatever. And you know what? Again, same as the uh, the postal drops, the cost per unit, I'll give someone a $12 hat with our logo on it. I, I don't want money for it. I will give it to you. And you're going to wear it and you're going to tell 10 friends and they're all going to tell their friends. You know, to me, that that's a big thing. Like when I was sawmilling, every client I left was left with a hat and a t-shirt. Thank you for the work. I appreciate it. Um, now, we can't really do that with tree service people now because we run three or four jobs a day. So it'd be quite expensive. But... No, yeah, it's the swag thing is coming heavy. It, it is. I mean, it's another impression, branding. It's just, you know, when you leave stuff behind like that, people are going to, like you said, they're going to wear it. Even if they give a shirt to their neighbor or their friend or something, they're going to wear it. People are going to see it, who who, they, who they're around for those days that they're wearing it. So it all, it all matters and it all kind of goes to your marketing and branding and long-term exposure. Um, the next thing is, is do you guys, you know, what we're seeing a lot of success with too is like, emailing your customer database and texting your customer database with like seasonal offers. Are you guys doing any of that stuff? Yeah. So uh, we, I called our little black book. It's our secret black book. Uh, it runs through our uh, CRM system and they get drops a couple times a month, not as much as I would like, which is okay. Uh, but once we get in our slow season, we drop a little heavier 
and we put promotions on. Um, two good ideas that just come to mind. We've run uh, over the last two years now. Slow dead season. Thankful for our lumber and our furniture design business. Um, we'll pick a month, April, May, or sorry, March, April, usually. Uh, every tree service booked, you are left with a finished and completed charcuterie board as a gift. Thank you for hiring us in our slow month. Um, we have a, a woodshop crew that prepares those in January, February, and then bins of charcuterie boards go on the truck in, um, you know, March, April, and they'll hand out three or four boards a day. Thanks very much. We appreciate it. Um, the other thing we, we did last year was, and this was a big one. I don't know if I'll do it again, was um, book with us for the month of uh, March. And we'll offer free stump grinding services once spring has passed. You know, we take the information and come back and, and stump grind that stump for you for free. That's great stuff. If you guys are watching this and you're getting any value out of this video, like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like and subscribe to your favorite podcast player because we're on all the different you know channels there for podcasts and YouTube. And, um, you know, Brad just shared a good nugget there. So when, when you slow down in the wintertime, right? And you have a database of customers, you got their phone number, you got their email generally, you can send them out seasonal offers, right? If it's November, December, you're starting to kind of wind down, you know, your 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 um your calendar's kind of getting a little bit thin. Start sending these messages out. Hey, look, you know, we're offering 10% off right now for tree trimming in the winter or tree removal, 15% off, whatever type of offer you want to do, or any type of like incentive, right? To go ahead and book it coming up next month. Uh, these things help you stay somewhat busy when it slows down search volume wise, right? So there's probably usually peak season in every every market across the United States or Canada. You know, a lot of people in the southern part of the United States probably don't slow down quite so much, maybe during Christmas, maybe January, that type of thing. But generally, March through November, March through November, December, you're you're pretty much just booked out, right? And so if you need those couple of months, you need to keep those booked, maybe, maybe provide some discounts or incentives for your regular customers who you know won't go anywhere else to give them the incentive to let you do the work in six months during December or during January, things like that. And, you know, if it's not a pressing need, if it's a pressing need, of course, you're going to have to get around to it. But, you know, Brad shares some good tips there. I mean, offer some sort of incentive. They, they provide a cutting board. I think that's awesome. Everybody could use one of those and they like those. Um, so that's cool. So you're sending out the emails and kind of prepping them, I guess, for that. Like, hey, if you guys want a free cutting board, any tree trimming, tree removal services, we'll provide one coming up. Type yeah. The biggest thing I found is always stay in the back of their mind. And whether that's from a tree service perspective, a sawmill or furniture, just be that number one in the back of their mind. And if you think you've annoyed your following, your followers enough, you haven't. Just keep at it. And something is going to pop up. It's better to collect some income through the slow months than, it, than collect none. So you have your bills paid. You might not profit those months, but at least you're paying the bills. Absolutely. What would you say right now, uh, you know, maybe during the busy season, maybe not right now this month in October, but what do you think is probably the most profitable marketing channel that you're doing to help grow the business and get the visibility out there right now? Uh, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you Google ads and Facebook ads. Perfect. Yeah, there's, there's a, a lot of people, big audience on both. So that's a good place to be. Yeah. That's for sure. Um. So, so right now you're at, you know, you, you got your, your one big crew, you guys are growing, you're still kind of rolling. What are your goals maybe kind of coming up, moving forward? Like, what are some additional like things that you guys want to grow to? Are you guys looking to put maybe a second crew 
uh, on the road next year, the year after, anything like that? So uh, in the time of, of opening up Western Tree Services, um, we just solidified our, we've purchased two other local tree service businesses who wanted to essentially retire out of the game. So we've purchased their, their equipment and their client lists. Um, and to be honest, that was, that's some of the best stuff we've done in that trying to appease their clients on top of ours, our, our crew expansion is, is something we have to look at seriously for this upcoming season. Um, I think we have enough clientele to focus us through the, this coming winter, but we're going to have to look at a second or third crew coming next year. Um, do I want to be that big? Not really. Uh, I, I quite like a one crew, four guys on a crew with all the equipment they can handle and doing like top quality work. Good to manage, good logistics, easy to schedule that way. Um, my focus and shift is going to get back to more on our lumber sales and furniture design. Um, starting and operating and running a tree service takes a lot of, a lot of energy. So I need to focus my energy back to our lumber and, and design furniture side. And our main man, Josh, he, he runs our tree service with his eyes closed. He's a great guy for, to, to lead that now. That's awesome. So there's a couple of ways to grow. You either push out the marketing, grow organically and get everybody calling you, or you have ready-made businesses and business owners who are looking to exit the industry, exit the business, and they've got a great list of customers that are loyal, knowing their business entity for 20, 30, 40 years in some cases. You can purchase their business, right? That instantly grows your business marginally to whatever percentage size their business was, according to yours. So you can do that. You can, again, you can grow either your, your own way or you can purchase smaller businesses around you to kind of continue to expand the reach. Um, and that's really, I think, a, a thing a lot of people overlook is like, I don't, I don't think I could ever buy a business. So walk us through that. Like, did you just already know some people and then just through conversations and word of mouth and just things like that, it just popped up that they might want to sell or did you approach them to buy it or something? Uh, so I've done it both ways. Uh, one of them came to me and said, Hey, I'm, I'm getting older and I, I would like to retire. So we, we come to an agreement on equipment, client lists, who gets what phone number, things of that nature, and come to a, an agreement on price and how it's going to get paid out. Um, if you find uh, the right guy, the, you know, a, a trustworthy partner in this whole world of trees, sometimes they'll, they'll hold the paper, hold the mortgage for you, so to say, and you're paying them back a percentage of the profits after your expenses. Um, our most recent purchase, um, they had no idea about even selling. They were just going to liquidate and shut it down. And I went in and said, let's, let's do a structured deal like this and put the idea in their head. And then all of a sudden, boom, their phone calls are now flowing into us. Their equipment is now in our shop. Um, and we have a great, a great working relationship. It's only been about two weeks. Um, but same thing. Uh, they will get kicked back um, the percentage of that we agreed on. And, and you know, I structured it over 12 months. So it doesn't tax my financials heavily. Not tax, but we're stressed. And they have an income for another year. Uh, until they can transition to another career path. Excellent point. You know, in the world of real estate, there's the term creative financing, and you can apply the same terminology and the same techniques to business acquisition as well. You can get the seller of the business to finance all or part of the purchase price, which is what Brad just talked about. So I think that's a great way to get in. Some people may think, man, I got to have all this capital. 
you know what I mean, to go buy this business. And you don't necessarily have to. You Sometimes you know, there's a million different ways to skin a cat. But one way is you give them a down payment and then you pay the rest out over profit sharing like you just mentioned. Or you can finance the whole thing and just pay them a percentage of all the jobs that you guys close over the next two to four years, wherever you arrange. The whole thing is completely negotiable. It's what works best for both of you. So that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. It's big in real estate. Like a lot of sellers and owners of properties will finance the property so another buyer can buy it where you don't have to go to a bank and go through that long, exhaustive bank qualification mm -hmm. process, which is the biggest pain in the neck for a business owner, a real estate investor there is, is working with banks. So that gives you the ability to buy the business fast, act quickly and get in creatively with less money down. And it can be a win-win for everybody because otherwise, like you said, they were going to walk away with almost nothing if they just walked away from the business, but you were able to structure it where they actually get paid for another year. You can probably do it for longer than that if you wanted to. Um, and they are happy as well. And you get their client base for the long haul. Right. And that's the, more the, the big thing in, in structuring that way. And we had to make this clear cut is your data input, your CRM, your tracking of what calls come from them if they're not willing to give up their phone number. The structure of that is key because you have to know, okay, we, we quoted your client this, the job was completed and we're going to pay you this. Uh, and then their other client, we quoted it. Ah, the quote was a little high. That that job didn't go through. So you're not getting, you know, we, we're not paying you out on that quote we didn't get. So tracking right. on that is big. That is big. That's huge. Good point there because, you know, a lot of times if you, we, we come across clients too, like we'll get a new client and they've never tracked anything. So they don't know what calls are coming from their website, what calls are coming from the Google Maps. They don't know what calls are coming from Google ads, Facebook ads. They just come in and they're not real sure. So tracking everything accurately will also tell you a story of like what's working and what's not. You can make intelligent decisions on what to increase or decrease or cut out altogether. Um, so that's a good point to, to track everything right there. Um, tell me a little bit about you guys getting reviews online. Do you guys have any sort of incentives or creative ways you're getting Google reviews on the internet or anything like that? Uh, I will say it's that side of things has picked up a little bit for us. Uh, it's a learning curve for us as essentially blue collar guys that just want to get our hands dirty and go to work. So for us to, at the end of the job, like, Hey, can you give us a Google review? We forget. Like there's no way around. We forget. You're um, ready to go to the next job a lot of times. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We got money to make and bills to pay. So um, Josh has taken that on significantly well. And he's got a QR code system lined up on the phones now that before they leave a site, Hey, can you just, you know, QR this on your phone? and just leave us a quick review it takes the the thought work out of the client uh they don't have to figure out how does the internet work because half of them are senior citizens you know and i just oh just all i'll have to do well can you just and it's this easy they hand their phone back to us says give us we'll give you a 10 star just work our phone for you or vice versa so the qr code thing's been great um and then it goes right into our review system so that's awesome. That's a great point there. QR codes. Everybody learned how to use those during COVID, right? You go to a restaurant, <laughs> you better know how to use a QR code or you're not going to know what's on the menu. And everybody used to have them, but nobody knew what they were. Like, what is this big block of tech? What is this? Yeah, is this? exactly. And so COVID, everybody got, you know, um, caught up to speed with how to use it, what to do. You just scan it with your picture on your camera and then boom, you, you can load that thing. So that's a great way to do it because you're right. Because if you tell people, hey, do you mind giving us a Google review? Sure. 
And then you call them back like, hey, did, were you able to do that for us? They're like, ah, well, I looked everywhere. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find out where to click, blah, blah, blah. So taking all the guesswork out and just using the QR code is perfect. You can also text a link. Um, another good way to do it is on all the invoices that go out. If you use a digital CRM system, have a canned response. You know, hey, thanks so much for doing business with Westwood Tree Services. Did we give you five-star service today? If so, if you could take 10 seconds and please leave us a review on Google, it really helps us yeah. online. And if you let people know it's coming, they'll more than likely do it. Just all those little places extra, like having a link on your website, leave us a Google review, having it go out with estimates and invoices, and maybe your email newsletters once a month. Maybe it's got an incentive at the bottom. Hey, can you give us a five-star review? It really helps us. You'll get more, right? If you get five or 10 reviews a month, I mean, that really adds up over a year, two years, five years. You know, you get hundreds yeah. at that point. And if you want to the, dominate online, the best thing to do is to get as many reviews as you possibly can. The biggest, the biggest thing I find, um, if this is your passion, a tree service, lumber, whatever, take the guesswork out of it for the client. Come to them with a structured uh, job or structured way of you doing your thing and, and just take the guesswork out. They don't want to make the decisions other than I want that tree gone. Okay, well, we'll plan all this. And by the way, can you help us with a review when, when we're done? And you, you just sit back and watch. Like, so it comes to customer service has to be 150% and not just half-assed. Completely. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. It goes a long way with your long-term referrals and image and everything too. All that's considered marketing, even though people don't think of it as that sometimes, but how you treat the customer, how you perform on the job site, how clean you leave the yard, all of that stuff is part of your marketing. And, um, you know, I'd say, uh, you know, a good mission statement, core values, those things really go along with too, because those resonate with people as well. Um, but yeah, I want to be respectful of your time, Brad. I appreciate you sharing today. Um, what other thoughts maybe would you leave any tree service business owner, maybe getting started or somebody who's thinking of starting a business? Maybe they just started. They're having a tough time. They're trying to ramp up. Um, what sort of kind of motivation, not maybe not motivational, but what kind of like tips maybe would you give them about working hard and sticking with it type thing? Number one is, Stay true to what you told your clients you're going to do. Number two is be professional and do quality work. There's, there's, a, there's a thing about those three points that if you can provide all three of those to your clients, I haven't had a client yet not call us back after we've provided that kind of stuff or referred us. Um, you're going to get clients who you can't please and they are out there. Um, but my biggest thing is instead of looking at them as just a quick money grab, they're now part of a Westwood family. They we're here to help you, whether you're just your tree guy or your lumber guy. Hey, you, the neighbor down the road, we did his trees 10 years ago, not 10 years, but uh, whatever, three, four weeks ago, needed a hand lifting an armoire out of his house. Yeah, I'll be right down. Not a problem. Like make them your friends and your family and you'll have a bigger gathering, bigger word of mouth and things will grow for you. That's true. Every business that anybody's in across the world is always a people business, right? If you're in the people business or any business, just treating people the right way, going above and beyond, even when you might not want to, or maybe you feel like you don't have time to, that just a little extra five, 10 minutes or whatever that takes on every job, it just adds up aggregately over the years that you do that. And then more and more people are going to want to do business with you because people do business with who they like and trust. And so to Brad's point, if you're friendly and you take care of people, you do what you say you're going to do, that goes a long way for the longevity of your business and all of that. So, Brad, man, appreciate you sharing today. This has been great. Thank you. If you're watching this on YouTube, 
Again, like and subscribe to our channel if you're getting some value out of this. If you're on the podcast, we got plenty more episodes coming up. And um, yeah, Brad, thanks so much, man. So Brad with uh, Westwood Tree Services in Ontario, Canada, look him up. And uh, we'll have more videos coming up soon. Appreciate you guys viewing today. And uh, we'll talk to you on the next one. Thanks so much. Thank you. Take care.